0: Hey, it's Chris Lindsay, and you're listening to Pitch List, the Songwriters Podcast. We want to discover what makes creative people tick. Join us as we explore what it means to be a writer, and more importantly, what it means to be a person. Remember why you love music, and welcome to Pitch List. Our guest today is country music star and Louisiana native Hunter Hayes. Hunter released his first album in 2011 and it shot to the top of the country record charts, selling over 1 million copies. His single, Wanted, has sold over 3.5 million copies and still to this day can turn our producer Dana into a crazy fangirl. Hunter has won tons of awards. He's a multi instrumentalist. A great writer and a hell of a nice guy. So here's Hunter Hayes. Good morning. We are here with Hunter Hayes. How are you, man? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm good. We just, uh, I'm going to jump ahead a little Thanks bit. Thanks for but...
1: thinking about me for this, by the way. Oh, I was uh, just so happy you could really come. really appreciate man. it. Well, I'm, you know, we're neighbors. I did not know that. Not well, the technic- well, I, I, my dream is to live like literally down the street from you. You should. I freaking love this area. But no, I I live just across the interstate. Or are you? Which in, I've now Stills. confessed to everybody listening to this yeah. podcast. Did you don't want to tell them guys. the exact address so they can come yeah, yeah, stalk yeah, yeah. you? Yeah, guys, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I love this neighborhood.
1: It's beautiful, man.
0: Yeah, and this little street it was so great. It it's feels rural, but mm-hmm. you're in town. Yeah. You know? You'd be the perfect neighbor. I mean, you wouldn't be mad if we were in here cutting drums at midnight. I'd never be here. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I that's would be the great. other thing. You guys travel all the
1: time. Uh, ideally, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Do you like travel? Man, I love
1: it. I was just telling, uh, telling him uh, in the taping room there. Um, I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up with this really interesting issue of, because I, I, my heart really wants, like at some point in the next, you know, 15 years, you know, family, right? Right. Build a family. But I know, I, I, I know that when I, I'm sure when I have kids, everything will change. But I, as of right now, my heart just knows that it wants to be on the road for the rest of my life. I just love it. I really do. Well,
0: you know, we were talking before the podcast and I was telling you, I, you know, in my line of this, you, I meet a lot of artists and mm-hmm. I can always tell. There are some people that are just born to perform. I mean, it's really what they do. It's their thing. And you're one of those people, you know, every that, now then. and Thank then you'll you. see, you'll see somebody who's a great writer, but a little bit of a reluctant performer mm. and they'll have a hit or two, but things usually fall apart, you know, or maybe not even have a hit, but because their heart's not really in the live part yeah. of it and they don't need, but people who are great on stage, um, uh, they seem to n- just have this relationship with their audience that's just like fundamental to them hmm. i've always been impressed by it because i didn't have that i played in bands forever but i didn't as soon as i wasn't really required to be on stage it was okay with me
1: <laughs> yeah I, I feel you yeah for sure i mean everybody well that's the thing though man like that's just i feel like that's what i was born to do but i there's not much else i, I i'm useful for <laughs> so you know <laughs> I,
0: I thought of it myself what would i do i mean i have no flipping idea <laughs> can you imagine? I was like well, I guess I could work at Home Depot I used to do construction I don't know it wouldn't it be crazy can you imagine
1: I, you know I've thought I've definitely thought about it there's no question Yeah. but I do I, there was one there's one brilliant quote uh from a, a friend of mine who's in the business your only his version was you're only truly successful if you have no plan B I have my disagree is that a word with mm-hmm. that phrase but i think honestly what that means is when people find their true their true heart and their true passion their true path when they when they when they know that they're on the path then uh, you know subconsciously there's no reason for a, a plan b or an I, out, I, I, or I think you couldn't be
0: more right yeah i think and for any artist who might or new artist or writer listening to this plan b is a problem
1: because well, Plan Plan B indicates that you, you yeah. there's concerns on the dashboard. Right, exactly. Plan <laughs> B is
0: not like, uh, we were talking with your manager, part of your management team. Uh, he and I shared the uh, bond of being Tony Robbins junkies. And mm-hmm. uh, he tells a quick story that's great. There was a very fierce tribe of Polynesian warriors mm-hmm. back in the day. They used to, you know, there's a lot of islands. They would take island and take another one. So they, right. when they were going to take an island, invade and do their thing, right? Mm-hmm. Their technique was they would come with their 50 canoes and all their weapons, and they would land on this island they were going to conquer. The first thing they did was burn all their
1: boats. Yeah, dude, I got goosebumps. Somebody just told me the same thing about Vikings or something. Yeah,
0: I think they might have done it. Same exact concept. So these uh, Polynesian warriors would burn all their boats, which means they were either defeat this island and take them over and use their boats or die. So I. I think that falls into that for a second.
1: Yeah. That's, that's bold. That's incredible. That's an incredible scene. Yeah. You know, it is.
0: But I think there is, I think probably it goes for any business, you know, anything that you're passionately called to, um, you really need to be going at that a hundred. And you know what, man, sometimes, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. You moved to Nashville and it didn't work. Well, okay. Move back. I mean, it'll still be there. You know, I don't, you should just, I think people should just go for it. I don't, Man, you get one life. Pastor you know? friend
1: of mine. Uh, I was actually drunk at my manager's house for a Christmas party, uh, but I do remember this. He said, "I, you know, I want all of my kids to fail early. Yeah, like absolutely. I want them to fall flat on their face as soon as mm-hmm. they leave the house. Yep, because he said I think the, 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 and I agree. I think the biggest hindrance to a lot of society these days, you know, because we live in this super social media edited, filtered, you know, it, it world. Um, it, it's so, it's so." Can I say fucked up? It's yes. It's a little fucked yes, up. Man. It's massively screwed up that we are made to be afraid of fear when fear is the only thing that can shape us into who we're supposed yeah. to be. Uh, sorry, failure. That's what yeah. I meant to failure
0: say. failure is the fire that tempers the sword. hundred
1: percent. Yeah, totally.
0: I yeah. heard a pastor say that one time and I think it's wow, absolutely true. I'm going to write that down. You, you know, it's the uh, it's your trials and your pain and your suffering that forges You know, ultimately, if it works out right to to you becoming that perfect uh, weapon, you know, or whatever analogy you want to do. But yeah. Yeah. And I've heard it said too: uh, success is continual failure. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. for a songwriter, it's like, well, if you just got rejected from five record labels with your song and nobody likes it. You could be devastated or you could say, Okay, I'm gonna get rejected five hundred times. Now I only have to do it four hundred ninety nine.
1: hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's also just, if you got rejected, but it's probably means you're doing <laughs> you're doing yeah. something right that somebody's right. scared of, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, yes.
0: Um Well, not to switch gears, but let's switch gears. I I would normally kind of go through your bio, but I think everybody knows who you are. And you, I mean, you came out of the box just screaming with your first record. Uh, You've, you've been, I just read four Grammy nominations, you
1: know. eh, Five, but who's counting? Five. Lord. (laughs) Sorry, I'm really freaking proud of that. (laughs) So, I mean,
0: like I said, I don't think we really need to get into your whole thing. I mean, it's crazy how big you got. Oh, you know, I know it wasn't overnight for you. One right. thing I didn't know is that you've been performing since what four or mm-hmm. even two?
1: Yes, sir. That's yeah. crazy. Well, I mean, if you can call it performing, I, I guess for a long time. But you
0: were, just... you know, involved early. Yeah, and you grew up in Louisiana, South Louisiana. Yes, sir. Yeah, and now I think I read this. Are you are you a Cajun? Oh part yeah, part Cajun. Yeah, did you speak for a little French or?
1: Uh, I did. I was kind of, my introduction to, to to French was was, um. Sketchy, <laughs> By sketchy. What I mean is, like, um, it's a long story and it's 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 a pretty personal one. But um, I I so I grew up playing Cajun music. Okay, so all right. And uh, this is, I, you know, what actually, I'll I'll share this because I think this is important for people to hear. So I grew up playing Cajun music, and when I started writing, I was writing country music. I was writing what I was listening to, listening to at the time. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Garth, Garth Brooks, Brian White, Brooks and Dunn, Diamond Rio. All those things were really inspiring for me, and so. When I started wanting to play this music, you know, I was playing gigs, right, as as this Cajun musician. Which Cajun music is basically, and has been for a long time, cover songs that are, you know, for Mm -hmm. the most part, you know, forty, fifty years old because it's so it's so heritage, it's so rich, and and so its 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 value is so immense in that way. However, if you're me and you're playing that music and you want to play your own, you're gonna try to play original music at gigs and basically get heckled, which I did. It was a lesson in audience for me because I was nine years old being heckled, right? At these wow. gigs because I was trying to play my own music. I was trying to play guitar, not accordion. Right. I was trying to sing in English, not French. And again, there's nothing wrong with Cajun music, but my relationship with it is, is a bit torn and tattered because of the fact that that was the first lesson that I, I had you. of, you know what, if I'm gonna do what I wanna do and what I'm meant to do, I have to find my audience. And uh, actually, that's that's pretty full circle, because I think that was that was a huge shift in realization that I had to move to a place I'd never been to before. And I had to I had to find myself uh, on my own and here in Nashville.
0: So the upside of it was that it taught you that, you know, this is great, but you're going to have to go somewhere else to do what you want to do. It's a tough lesson for a nine year old. But it's really about expectations. They, you know, a a Cajun band, that's a fun time. You know, they're going to want to drink beer and dance. And you throw in an acoustic guitar and a vocal and they're like, what, you know, this and what is this?
1: Well, and granted, too, when I started really digging into like writing, writing, this was middle school, high school. So we are talking about a a little bit older. But, you know, I did. I I do remember a couple of shows where it was like I I was very much told exactly what I was supposed to play um, by the audience. But, uh, yeah, I mean. As a And as a 13, 14, 15-year-old, imagine being in middle school, so all of these emotions that, you know, they're, they're, yeah. everybody passes them off as hormones, but I think, honestly, what it is is it's the heart-feeling things for the first time, and so… That's good, too. I hadn't thought about that. It really is. Yeah, it's, your, it's your first it's love. Like your it's first, your first heartbreak. Yeah. It's your first disappointment. It's the first time you've really properly been bullied. Yeah. And, and it's a tough time. And it's a really, really a really tough time. Really hard. So that was, I think that was kind of the, the, the driving force to, you know, it, it, and, and honestly, looking back now, set the tone for the rest of my life because was I happy playing music every weekend? Yeah. Could I make myself happy playing that music every weekend? Probably. Because I can, I can find a silver lining in pretty much fucking anything, right? But did I know that I did? I did. Was there something burning in my heart that that wanted something? Um, I won't say more, but different. And was it gonna take it? I, I'm no, gonna stop I, asking I, no, in the form of a question, but I knew that it was gonna yeah. take a, a big shift. So that
0: was very motivational to you. Totally. And you know, you you said something
1: that I
0: would never thought of. I mean, for a nine year old to deal with an audience that's kind of turned, you know, we, anybody who's played music has had that happen, but you have (laughs) it happen as an adult. I'd never really thought about it. That's horrible. Well, the first time. I mean, you know it, how, it doesn't matter
1: how old you are. Well, it doesn't.
0: It doesn't. But we're not. You know, at twenty five, at thirty, we're not as insecure as we were as a tween. I mean, well,
1: ideally, but I think I don't know. Well, how you could make okay, the argument. You could,
0: but you're being kind. I, I'm telling you, I think I'd never really put that together. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna be tough on a kid. Yeah, you know, but mm-hmm. that's still great because. That was the beginning to you of your journey to where you're now, right? Totally.
1: By the grace of God, my heart knew what was going on, right? Without realizing what was happening.
0: And I think that the the song that I I was told you that I heard lot, that you played, "Dear God," mm. um, that's a different song for you. Mm-hmm. And that man, just one guy, and I told you this before, but I wanted to say it on the podcast. Just one guy's opinion. That is fantastic. Thank that's you, the man. way to do it. Thank because you. see. When I hear you do that, I, I see you. Mm. Do you know? Yeah. A lot of times when I hear an artist do a song, I might love the song, and that's great, and it'll work. Mm. But I don't see them in the song. Yeah. It's a great song. It's catchy. It's got some magic. I mean, some of them, you know, whatever. But in that song, I see you, and I'm interested in you. and yeah. I'm, Thank And you. then- it reflects into me and the insecurities that i have as a human being mm-hmm. and i would imagine that that song will do that for your audience and will create a relationship that's way above the idea of having a number 1 song which is a great thing we all want to do it we need to do it yeah we all want it we all need no it's part of we need to but that thing man i just want to give you a compliment that's fantastic
1: i um, was scared shitless of that song i
0: would imagine but you did, <laughs> that was right Whichever muse in you came out and wrote that one, you need to give it a blue ribbon and put it in charge. I appreciate
1: that. That was, uh, I kind of set the tone for this year. Actually, a song called Wild Blue was the first song I wrote this year. And, uh, you know, after four years of trying to write this album and trying to honestly, what I, what I realized on the back end, um, I was trying to please everyone right. but myself. Yeah. And trying to write what I thought everybody wanted me to write except for what I wanted to write and how I wanted to do it. And I finally just said, fuck it. And the first song was a song called Wild Blue. It really set the tone. There's a little it's almost like a it's not it's not a rappy thing. I, I won't claim to to have that kind of like brilliant pocket, but it's it's my it's my attempt at showing my appreciation for that that pocket rhythm and the, and the verses, and then this chorus that is totally different from anything I've ever written, and and, and so that was probably you know a couple of weeks before I wrote Dear God, and, and really set the tone for the year, and and all these songs that I've written for this album, you know, two hundred plus songs probably if you really count it up, um, I, I, everything got wiped away as of this year. We uh, we wrote you know fifty more this year probably, but um, everything that I thought was gonna make the record got totally forgotten about because of this sort of level of you know what it's it's not working that way so what do I have to lose what was there
0: a defining moment that you sort of decided to push the eject button on all those 200 or did it just sort it was it after you kind of got dear god together did
1: that make you did that turn you do you think or was it I think there's nothing there's nothing that's necessarily said you know forget about it um, but I think honestly, I think uh, between I keep mentioning this song, nobody's heard. But between this song called Wild Blue, One Shot, which is out, mm-hmm. yeah, and Dear that, God, yeah. I think those three were like the the pivot on a personal level right. of, okay, wait, I'm doing things that I don't think anybody cares about, and this is the first time they've cared. This is the first time I've really connected with anybody. Right. So let's let's dig. Right. Isn't it
0: interesting that the connection can often happen when you're actually trying to please yourself instead of, like you said, everyone else. I've, I've struggled many years Mm -hmm. with what exactly on my my end of the business with, oh, they like these kind of songs now or bro country's big. So what do you do? You get a rap beat and then I'll get this guy top line, you know, or, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, all these voices in your head of this is what you need to do to Mm -hmm. get a cut. It doesn't work. right? That's where I finally came to. It's like, I understand what I'm doing, but I don't think it works. And I think the reason it doesn't work is that's not the best me. Right. The only shot I have to compete is to be my best, what I do best. Mm -hmm. Whether or not it works, well, that's up to God, really. I mean, it's just, it's out of our hands. But I think it's got to be true for an artist, too.
1: A hundred percent. Well, and that's, I can't. But it's,
0: uh, what I want to get into is, it's hard. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it hard to resist the voices? Oh, you need a, you need one of these kind of songs, you know, this tempo thing that doesn't have much meaning, radio, you know, whatever. And I'm not cutting radio. I mean, they, they very often play songs based on their fan reactions. That's their right. job. It's all about, it's I, I, all about I, a brand yeah. and a brand yeah. recognition. And yeah. so. And, and they, they have their, they have their, uh, people they've got to serve. So yeah. I get it. Yeah. But, uh.
1: I just kind of want to hear you talk more about that because I think it's a big deal. Gladly. Yeah. No, totally. Well, so uh, for me, you know, it's funny because it's painted as selfish, right, when we do for ourselves or we create for ourselves. The, right. But the, the, the problem with that perception is that that's the reason we're creators. We're, if, we're, if we're born with a creative bone in any shape or form in our body, um, then, then that is part of our purpose. And so in creating for this, this ideal, and also I think the biggest shift, and this is impossible some days, but I think the biggest shift is personally just not looking for validation anywhere, but in the mirror, Yeah, that. which is hard. Ooh. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest, honestly, that's the biggest struggle. And I would, yeah. like any of my friends that are struggling with that, I encourage them to deal with that first, deal with that head on, Yeah, um, because that will, that will keep you. From doing anything you th- you want to do, it's true, um,
0: but it is
1: deceptively difficult de- 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 but that's a great way to put it because it's it- it's deceptively difficult because oh, I don't know whether it-, it let's look
0: at it this way Amy and I have sort of broken this down before as songwriters what's the you know unifying number one need that most people have mm. to be loved right which really is to be accepted, which really right Truly, can only be done just like you said when you accept yourself, right? Which is damn near impossible. Which is very hard to do, and I think it all goes back to what you said: Mm. trying to give yourself permission to be who you are. I think it's all wrapped together. But yeah, it is. To bring it back to that song, I love that song. I don't want to rattle on about it, but I think it's flipping fantastic. Thank you. And I think it opens a window into who you are, and you need to keep that window open.
1: Amen. We all do.
0: Yeah. Because I think that's what people want because it's really, they want that window open in themselves. Mm-hmm. But when you open it to you, it'll give them the courage to do it. You're sort of, it's like an example. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Like if you're able to sit at that piano and, and confess your insecurities, it it helps people who listen because they're like, well, he's doing it. I'm going to do it too. hopefully 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 yeah that yes of course hopefully yeah so tell me um Mm -hmm. you have a goal for a album project or how does it look
1: i'm a believer not well even more than a believer i'm a fan of a project i am too and as a creator i'm a fan of a project like right now i'm working on a secret thing uh in the studio i literally you know texted my manager i was like hey is next week as like open as it looks and just decided that I was going to work on this project and just locked myself in my basement. And, um, I'm not even halfway through where I thought I would be, but I, I believe that when you work on a project, there's this overarching storyline, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And honestly, this better if it's unintentional, but for me personally, but I love working on a project, knowing that I'm putting together, uh, you know, whatever they'll permit me to put on an album from the technical legal side of things. Mm -hmm. but, also, from a fan's perspective, I, that's the only way really to achieve absolute sincerity if they've heard the whole story. Right. And so I don't want to release it necessarily like a traditional album. I'm working really hard to kind of combat the habits of the industry. Yep. Um, and they're changing rapidly. Well, they're changing rapidly in that, in my opinion, I think they're changing rapidly in that, um, for instance... You get on. Are you on Instagram? You're on Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you get on Instagram, and anything you've said in the past 24 hours, if your phone was in the in your presence, Siri heard it, and Google knows what you're talking about. Yep. So you're going to get ads. It's it's yeah, somebody compared Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Somebody compared said you know you used to ad- advertise with a megaphone now you whisper, and so it's the exact same thing that's happening. That's that's what we need to pay more attention to in the music industry, as far as. um not mass, you know, thinking about this on a grand scale, yes, but uh, from a from a, a a generalization standpoint, no two artists should be marketed even remotely the same. It should be completely audience based. um And so, anyway, that, that, just a rant, a, a relevant rant. No, I, rant, I think but, that's true.
0: Yeah, and also, I think now you guys have the tools to do that right i that's think the in the in the past <laughs> right that is the difference in the past i think there have been people that knew that but the way the business was set up it, it wasn't possible it wasn't practical or practical or yeah. lots of things and uh now you can you what's know what's the
1: big hit record uh, you've probably heard about it that was made entirely on garage band oh you know, there's a
0: couple there's more than one yeah but, but recently there was a big one
1: yeah uh, like a grammy winning album yeah yeah, yeah that huge. was made in garage band yeah Perfect example. It's not what you have, it's what you do with it. That's my that's my statement. I'll stand by that for the rest of my life. Absolutely. But yeah. So with all that said, um, we felt that years ago. We felt this like shift happening where you didn't have to do it this way. Mm -hmm. And my audience, like I, I I very much want to release this album very differently. But I do. It will be. It is as of right now. It is an album. It has a track listing. Right. Um, And so it's just a matter of how we release it and how we release it. Less, um, yeah, less traditionally more audience based and more listening to my audience. Right. And yeah, serving that, that. that
0: that was my next question. Do you how much interaction do you have with
1: your audience, like through social media? I will say this. I am able to what I love is that I'm able to walk into a room and say, I know I know my fans, the ones that have been with me for a long time. Right. I know them really right. well. Yeah. And I'm lucky because they've stuck around and they've let me in. That's the well, big and, thing. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I, I will say, just to give credit where it's due, country fans stay with their artists. Mm hmm. Better, I think, better than any other genre, as far as what I can tell. Yeah. I mean, they are very loyal. Yeah. I and mean, it's a great thing about our business.
1: It—it It is. It's a beautiful thing. And, uh, yeah, and I, I I feel confident that I can walk in at least with, with this music. And probably going forward, I, I'm pretty confident in saying um, saying no, I, I I have an idea who I who I wanna reach and who's who who would listen.
0: One area I want to get into with you, okay, um, because this is a songwriting podcast, yeah. um, But we often, like I said, go into the weeds, which I love.
1: That's that's our job as songwriters, exactly.
0: Um, And often I've thought that the podcast. as I listen back to episodes, it, I'm just asking, but it, it a lot of the episodes of our podcast sound like a co-write session, like the first 45 minutes <laughs> of a co-write.
1: You know what I mean? Yes. It, that, it's yeah. kind of,
0: that's kind of what the podcast really is. I'm
1: sure you've said this already, but to any new songwriters, not that I have anything that I can give as advice or even a pro tip, but if there is one pro tip I've learned... Do this first. Yes. Walk in. Waste yeah. somebody's time, please, dear God, please. Yes. Walk please. in. Have a conversation yeah. for at least forty-five minutes minimum. Yeah. I believe. Yep. Waste your time. Then go grab coffee. Then come back, and you're gonna yes. write a song in thirty minutes.
0: Yeah. You got to buy them dinner first.
1: Yeah. Well, I just talk. Just like not walk. <laughs> don't walk in. In the give your make make yourself this rule. In the first ten minutes you're in the room, do not say. So what do you need for your album? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> or like, well, what do you guys want to write today? No, talk. Know, just you live. know what,
0: man. Uh, we're <laughs> going to jump ahead. That was one of my questions, but you actually made me think of something I might have always wanted to put on the podcast, and I haven't done it yet.
1: Yes, I love that.
0: I know because I've done this for twenty years, and I write with a lot of artists and a lot of new artists, or you know, people like you that are that have had giant hits. But I figure if I were the artist, I would be just like, oh my God, I'm going to go in another room and have two writers just jump on my face and ask me how they can get on my record. And I'm really trying to come in this room and create and see if we can get God to let an angel come in here. And I'm not joking when I say that. I mean that literally. Okay. And we're trying to make that happen to get true magic. And these people all they care about is getting a cut on my damn record, and I'm thinking as an artist, I got to be thinking that at some point, or a kinder—you would have a kinder version of that <laughs> because you're sweet. But does that, that happen to you? I'm sure it's happened to you, where you're just like, "Can we just write a song and y'all shut up about my record?" Dude,
1: there's mad, there's mad respect for the hustle.
0: You know what I mean? Like, well, I yes, I, okay, like, and it's ultimately flattering to you that they want on your record that this, bad.
1: Yes, yes, sir. Um, but I think as an artist, if you're if you're writing. Uh number 1, if you're going to if you're going to achieve the level of sincerity that we've talked about that mm-hmm. I think now everyone in the world is craving, so make yep. that priority. If you're going to achieve that, you want to be in the room with people who care not just about the record, but also about you. I know that sounds ridiculous. No, I
0: agree 110%.
1: But I I I just think you cuz at the end of the day as an artist, it's really easy to not feel human. Mm-hmm. Um and it's really easy to feel like a cardboard cutout or a robot. Um and I think the most important thing that can happen in the first 10 minutes is you let someone else in that room know that you care that they're in the room. Yes. And that you're that you're with them as, as a human. And
0: I'll take it further. I think for most artists, it is helpful for them to know that they are working with people who do care about everything. Mm-hmm. And they, if they don't get a song today, they're going to be fine. Right. Yeah. And they are not going to compromise their personal principles or anything else to be on a country record, and that they are actually, yeah. you know, they're here to do something, to channel something, to improve the world. Yeah, I guess there is so much pressure for writers, but I think it's a big totally. mistake to do what they do sometimes. Well, and you're right; that that's a great note. When but it comes in, from
1: the pressure, though, you make a good point. It, it does it come does, from the pressure. But but it,
0: but it you how can you how can you get in that space to where you can be that vulnerable when you spent. 10 minutes with a stranger. Right. Yeah. That's not going to be conducive to you getting into your space. No. Yeah. So I I think it's a great tip for writers. When you get in there with an artist, please back down, spend 45 minutes talking, and figure Mm -hmm. out who's in front of you because forge a
1: relationship that will last
0: a lifetime. You may have listened to this artist on the radio before and you're very excited to be with them, but likely you don't really know who they are as a person. Yeah,
1: there's a good chance. You know what I mean. And even they, if you've and done you, your research. You know what
0: I mean. You <laughs> yeah. and I, we've crossed paths many times. We've mm-hmm. sh- shook hands a hundred times at parties on Music Row, but we've never really. Hu- I mean, we've had conversations, but we've never really hung out. Yeah. But I know your work. But I know that I would not know you until we did this. Right. And now I do have. Now I do know who you are. I think, or c- somewhat. So I think it's a great point you're giving to him. Um. So. Do you get in rooms and always write – when you co-write, are you always writing for you or do you do co-writes where you're going to pitch? Just curious. Um,
1: I haven't learned how to – massive insecurity of mine, but I'll admit it. I haven't learned how to write for anybody else. And by that, I mean I've only successfully – I say that. I've only felt successful at achieving sincerity when I know that – it's it's me when i can yeah, be me yeah yeah i get it but, Which, but
0: you've had cuts you had a rascal flat cut yeah, yeah i yeah.
1: got really lucky because i was uh, because i when i moved to town i was really trying to be a rascal flat mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that worked but um i'm just i don't have that skill set i wish i did i envy everybody who does and I, but i and and but in applicable science right um I, I don't think sincerity keeps you like if you're if you're in the room with a, with a writer like I like I perfect example one of my favorite songs that I wrote for this album. I wrote, and I won't say who with, because um, it's the, their story's not mine to tell. But they were going through a lot of shit. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there was a divorce that was happening, and we wrote one of my favorite breakup songs because yeah. they were so present. Yes. They were so willing to share their story, right? And so willing to share where they were. They needed to, probably. And yeah, that's the point. That's why we yeah. make shit yeah. That's why we mix yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's therapy. So, um. So uh, you know, as uh, as much as I would like to say, like that whole idea came from me. I had the title. But the emotion and the thing that made the song fire, hundred percent came from him just being willing to just pour his heart out, and that that's what made that room brilliant that that yeah. day, and and has many many times. That's that's not an exclusion. That's that's every time I get in the room with somebody, if if everybody's willing to kind of dive into their personal experiences on whatever the topic might be, and right. that's also a really good uh, barometer for whether the song should be written. I've walked in with a lot of, and I've heard a, like a lot of great ideas but none of us were going through that. You know, for instance, I tried to write love songs for this album for ages and I would just, I had just gotten out of a relationship and and I just was not feeling that I was not in love and was not about to be in love. Yeah. So I, I flipped it and I had to write a song to my future wife because that's all I knew how to do. And that's smart. That's the kind of stuff you have to make those decisions. It's
0: smart. And I, just to give you another compliment, um, through my travels in this thing, uh, most real artists don't want to write for somebody else. It's not that they don't want to, they're writing for them mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they don't give songs up. They don't, it's to me, it's a, if I'll say like, if I'm in the in the room with a new writer and they've got a record deal and they haven't made the record yet and we wrote a really good song and they're like, uh, we should pitch this to Tim McGraw. In my mind, I'm like, mm. You know, not because I want the cut, because actually the Tim cut would be better probably. Or you never really, you know, honestly, you don't know. You never know. But, uh, but what I think in my mind is, well, this might be a hit song, and I'm I'm worried you don't that you're not protective of it because yeah. the the true artists I've been around are, yeah. So I think it's actually right yeah. that what you say. I mean. You're you're a performer, you're coming into the room to get material. You need people to assist you in getting material for what you're doing. You're not interested necessarily in being you know, if you were, you'd be great and you'd make a lot of money out well, of it. But that's becomes, not what you're doing.
1: Well, that just becomes a checklist, to write versus that's right? Versus a, a that's song, right? Write, you know what I mean?
0: And I think that the better songs come from real experience. It's very hard to get in a room and make something up. Mm-hmm. I've rarely seen it work.
1: You it doesn't. It doesn't work. No. Yeah. I made There's some there's some Hint of sincerity somewhere. Oh, somewhere, buried. even if it's and just a every song we think is total bullshit. Is it yeah, there, that that, that yeah. but that has worked? There's yeah. there's, there's a some, there's a hint right. of sincerity somewhere. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I probably had more hits and more crap on the radio when I was at probably one of the lowest points of my life mm-hmm. going through a divorce and just it was just terrible shit going on. Yeah. And I would sit up at DreamWorks and write all night and just cry laying on a piano. hmm And they all got cut. Yeah. And I, I and go. I and I know because I think even if it's not lyrically, man, that stuff sticks into the chords and the, I don't know how it just gets all gummed up in there and it just gets covered with that and and people feel it.
1: It absolutely does. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? So, um, tell me about your writing schedule. Do you write two or three days a week, or do you write when you feel it coming on? No, or I'm how not do you... super
1: disciplined, um, which is to my detriment sometimes. But I don't think so. I think I, people write too much. I I think you can, oh, and I think God, it's easy to. Um, I so respect the guys, like a friend of mine who was on the road with me for a while, um, stepped off and just said, "Man, you know, I, I I moved to Nashville to be a songwriter, and I, I believe I need to invest more time into this." Right. Um, he still only writes a couple days a week and, and protects his, his creative you know, muscles because mm-hmm. you have to. And again, like we're saying, if you're being real, there's some times in the year where you're not feeling anything. No, absolutely. <laughs> you're just absolutely. not feeling at all. And,
0: you know, and there's something to be said for you've got four writing appointments that week and you need to show up. You know? And I think that showing up sometimes, I mean, it's like going to the gym. Maybe you're not, you know, you're not, you might not win an award-winning song that day, but you're building muscles. Right. But it is a balance because for me, I've learned four and five days a week does not work for me. No. Two Three's good, two's better.
1: I think, yeah. When totally.
0: I, you know, cause you know, when we're writing, there's like an hour of golden time there where something will really come out mm-hmm. and it takes a tremendous amount of energy. Yep. I, I know it sounds crazy, but it does. Don't you think? I mean, oh, that, that, yes. <laughs> when that thing comes out to put, it's like giving birth, and it's like it's not physical energy; it's like psychic energy or something. Well,
1: but it's emotional stuff. It is emotional. That's what we're talking about. Right? I am
0: in awe of some of these guys that do two writing appointments a day. Ashley Gorley, he didn't tell me. Somebody else told me he was doing three a day. I don't know if that's yeah. true.
1: Yeah. Well, I believe that.
0: That blows me away, and yeah. you know what? I would say that's that's not a good thing to do. That's not how you do this. But clearly, it's working Seems to for, work him. for him.
1: That's somebody who's aware of kind of what they're bringing into the room. Yeah, and not trying to walk in and bring the same thing every day. No, no. As far as like no, how you contribute, I, I, I want to make sure I give him a compliment. Yeah, I've seen him walk into a room, and you can tell he assesses kind of where he fits in and what he can and how he can he can stay present and, and contribute. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not just like, well, I have to do this. I have to be the lyric guy, or I have to be the track guy. Like, so he kind of molds to the room. A hundred percent. Yeah, he's really he's really great at kind of, in my experience, reading. That's what I I respect so tremendously about him is you can have that schedule and still stay present. That is not in my. Deal. Yeah, that's not idea. I envy that skill set. I do, like I like do you were too. Saying, yeah, yeah, for me too. Like on a, on an album, the, my least favorite thing is, is is so. So, what do you need for your album? Because I, dude, I just I'm writing. I fucking wrote 200 fucking songs for this album. You think I know what the fuck I need right now? Like, I would love to tell you I am missing this one song. Oh my god, that's song. my favorite
0: thing in a long time.
1: But I, it's true. It's I so, never really even thought of it. It's true. It's like, I think I think my thing with that is like, I I think that makes my brain. That's like a trigger for me because that makes my brain go into mathematical mode, mm-hmm. which is really easy for me. My brain loves to be mathematical, and in a in a writing session, I I should not be. No, and so for no. you know for for that purpose, it's kind of like man. I, I I sometimes I know like one of my favorite things things because we talked about this making an album is really fun and i love i love over the course of even the last four years that have been hell i love making a track listing every month and just listening to that forward to backwards and say okay do they know me now or do they not and if they don't like, we keep like an
0: experimental track listing of what you've cut totally. like what would what this is this snapshot of it at this point in time if i put it out today it would be this
1: even yeah totally this that's is right. if, if if the fan got, see that's
0: visualization it's dreamboarding. Dreamboarding, which uh, yeah. is huge.
1: Yeah, and so that's kind of like that's that's my way of knowing what I'm missing. And sometimes I know, and sometimes I don't. And but I, here's the thing: at the end of the day, when I when I sit down and listen to that, I know immediately if if I'm missing something. I don't know necessarily what I'm missing, right? Right. But I know that something's right. missing, so I keep writing.
0: I think that's the absolute damn truth, because often, no. And if you listen to the record company when you turn your record in. They'll have some comments, you know, this or this isn't there and we need one of those. It's like I always the way I always took it was, OK, I think you have identified a problem, mm-hmm. but you don't really know what the problem is. No, yeah, so I all mean- <laughs> I'm going to take from you is I've not done this correctly. What I've done wrong. I'm gonna have to go figure that out, but right. I do believe you that it's
1: not right. Totally, you yeah. don't know how I don't. Yeah, I, but uh, because if you knew that they were wrong, you would know. You would right, know. You would right, say, "I'm right." You might not know me very well, but this is right. me. This is everything.
0: Right. Yeah. You made me laugh hard. <laughs> I, I'm really still thinking about that. It's like, yeah. Well, I, I know what I wanted to say. I, I always I look at the pitch list, and mm-hmm. they'll say, "Hunter Hayes needs." Uh, up-tempo hit, radio-centric, you know, what is the creative way they come up? It's like, I look at that pitch list and I just think, you know what? All the artists should be on there and just have one note. Great fucking song. Yeah. That's what everybody needs. Yeah. If yeah. you have a record done and you have one more track you're going to cut and you've got seven ballads and you need something tempo mm-hmm. and you walk in to write with us, if we start writing uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water or Yesterday, something that good, mm-hmm. If we were, just yeah. hoping. Um, yeah. uh, just kick another w- ballad off the shelf. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you need a great song, man. It doesn't matter what tempo.
1: Amen. It, you act, you're you touching on something really important. Granted, this is a, a bit of a canned lesson that I, I, I love sharing, but I think it's so fucking important. Because for the last, you know, I wrote the first album, and obviously the big thing is like, well, do we have the single? And so, you know, I I really didn't understand kind of that, that world or whatever and and don't claim to to read their minds or understand how all that works. Anyway, it, it, it then became this this chronic illness of mine that no matter what I would write, um I would turn it in and I was okay, so just we're all in this this boat. You turn you turn in this song once a day. 100 days a year, 200 days a year, depending on how busy your writing schedule is. Turn this song as an artist, at least to um, whoever you trust. I'm not saying this is a general thing. I'm saying this is how I fucked up. I would turn it into somebody, and literally, if it wasn't a you know, if it wasn't that hit radio thing, it was just I just got no response. So there I was pouring out my, my heart and, and and measuring and here's the issue. I was measuring myself as a human because I'm pouring my heart and soul yeah, into this Yeah, music. yeah. I they say
0: don't take it personal, but I say what is more personal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go if ahead. you
1: don't take it personal then you're not doing it right. Exa- better. That's um, better. But uh, the value of that song in that specific category what turned into my value as a human being? But through a long road of mm-hmm. well, if it's not a hit, then it's not a good song. Right, and if it's not a good song, then I'm not doing a good job. And if I'm not doing a good job, that's because I'm not good at this. Yep, and that's a that's a terrible road to be on. It down. is, and, and
0: it's based on their ex their expectation of who you were, and not their expectation
1: of who you could be or who you're going to be. I I don't disagree with you. My perspective of it is it's actually based on my own expectation. Okay. Of, All right, I take that. If they don't love it, then it's not good. Right. Right. But their which
0: judgment on it is based on their expectation of what you've on, done before.
1: It's based on a very, very filtered right. thing, which we should We had hits be. That's... with this. We had hits with this, and this is in that lane. Right, totally. It'll work again. They're really fucking good at it, and they need mm-hmm. to be, and I need them to be. Right. Um, and 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 it's this psychological tornado of... You know, um, as long as that doesn't affect me, I will turn in something at some point that they're going right. to be like, this is exactly what I was looking for. Right, right. And, and they'll be like, okay, we're ready. We got everything. And I'm like, wait, well, but that's one. So- yeah, but you got everything. I'm like, wait. I, for- I, I miss the fact that ah, okay. they have been saying for a long time, oh, that's a great song. That's just not what we're looking for for right. this specific purpose. When we
0: have these two or three that we can target as radio singles, you've got a huge bench of songs that yeah. can come in but they all they need those two maybe or three that they feel like they can market as radio singles, or they're
1: just not going to be happy well and well but if you look at it from their perspective, okay they're um they're entertaining people right, right, right. and at five o'clock on the after- you know in the afternoon on friday what 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 do you need? what do you need to play for them, exactly right? so in that context, they will tell you like, yeah. oh my God, I love this song on the album, and you're like, well uh, can we make that a single? And it's like, that's that's not a good idea. <laughs> right, But that right. doesn't mean it's a bad song and that doesn't mean that it's not a big song because nope. that song will find its wings yeah. when it's, you know, w- the way it's supposed to. And so yeah. I, I, I think it's very easy to, to, to sort of, what I, all I'm trying to say is it's so easy to self-edit based on filters and you have to remember what those filters, I mean, what, what all the, con- the context of all of those things, it's all incredibly important but at the end of, not but, and at the end of the day, it's it, it, it's even more important to realize the perspective and the, the overarching thing of every song has a place. As long as you put everything into it, it yep. has a place. Yep.
0: And as long as you make a record that you love every single song, Amen. it won't bother you which one they
1: pick. Yep. And, and when, yeah, if you make a record that you still want to be playing at 60. That, even better. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, you said something that I'm just too intrigued with. I'll just hit it for a minute. Okay. You said, did you say four years of hell?
1: <laughs> I was hoping that would fly under the radar, but yeah, sure. I said it. Well, we'll just take a couple minutes because I know that
0: uh, the people who regularly listen to the podcast, I've got a lot of communication from them that, and I understand it. I think they want to hear about that. Because okay. they're struggling with their careers to get, you know, not struggling, but they're in that point where they're trying to be heard and how do I do it? And, you know, you're in, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. tough. You're from the outside. You don't know this. It's a giant machine and how do you blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people like to hear about
1: that. Well, I'm glad to share it. I'm glad to share it. Um, it, uh, it it t- Because it touches on the, the, the failure aspect. Mm-hmm. Um you know i was I was really afraid to fail. I was put in a position where all my decisions were based on one or two things, and none of those things are gonna matter in ten years right um and i was i, I and I was looking for validation in everyone but myself. Mm-hmm. I was creating and creating and sweating and exhausting myself and crushing my own ability to speak freely from the heart by filtering mm-hmm. endlessly and it was it was hell it was hell because and i did it to myself um is this but,
0: based on your second record not meeting some of your expectations you think no or?
1: I, second record did great i'm too super happy so, with sorry it. i probably
0: got the order wrong
1: no i well no i it, uh, well if you look at it from it depends on how you look at it i look at it from i got to tour that second record mm-hmm. i played arenas for the first time in my life yeah that was great it was fucking great. (laughs) Like it wasn't numbers wise what the first record was, but why, why does it have to be? No,
0: that's where I was going to go with that. That, Yeah. That's a whole other podcast, but, (laughs) but that's where I, that was where I was headed Yeah, because it's it's all a journey. Yeah.
1: And um, yeah, it was a combination of a lot of things, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, There was me sort of shape shifting into this mold that I thought I was supposed to shape shift into. Um writing things that didn't hit quite as hard because i wasn't quite as present as I was for the debut album right mm-hmm. um and and also once you get rolling too um honestly, even before you get rolling uh, your team your team of people that you surround yourself with are in fact your choice yes and I think at the end of the day that's one of the most uh uh seldom seldom mentioned but critical components. Um, Why on earth would you go into a major league anything, any sport, and choose to be on a team of people who don't share the values that you do? It's not no. a. Ma- it's not a matter of good or bad or no, no, good no. enough. No, or, you're right. Hey, they're great at and this. It's a great way to look at it. It doesn't like it doesn't matter because some teams just have a totally different per- like objective, yeah. right? Yeah. And may not interface with who you are totally, or you, work at all, you, or work at all. You need to be on it. You need to be with. You need to surround yourself with it. And, you know, from an artist's perspective and from a creative perspective, um, you you have you have that choice as a writer. To make sure that you're in the right home and mm-hmm. you're surrounded by the right people. And and this is a big thing too. I remember uh, my dad and I, uh, we have an incredible relationship. Um, but we did get in one knockdown drag out over the phone because my uh, record deal had taken like 10 months at this point to negotiate. And he, fearful for me and trying to protect me, was, was very scared, as he should have been, of the 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 industry and the, the climate at that time, the recession had just happened, and mm-hmm. it was just like, son, why why haven't you signed this yet? Right, and you're, I
0: you're playing too much hardball with these guys, right? Just and do I, the deal.
1: I had to I had to actually be brave enough to say it's because it, we're not in the right place yet, and it was worth the wait. And not long after we had this fight. Um, I got to drive down Louisiana with my record contract in hand and surprise him for Father's Day and say, "Hey, we made it, we did it." But you know, it, it did take someone else, by the way, not me. It did take one other person. My actually, my attorneys or close friends of mine. Uh, we hang out quite regularly, smoke cigars and whatnot. Uh, but it took them saying, "No, you need to be in the right situation," you know, mm-hmm. and that that kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm saying, and that. Uh, you have to have faith in what you're doing. You have to believe in yourself. Um, and it's not just about taking the first thing that's available. It's about taking the right thing. Well,
0: you need people on your team yeah. that n- not only believe in you, but see your vision and understand it. Mm-hmm. But and I I'm think thinking about critical. it from a
1: songwriter perspective, too, because I, I that was my job when I moved to town. I was a full-time mm-hmm. songwriter. Yeah, um, there is a, It is scary as shit, right? Changing climate, all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I, I just encourage everyone at the end of the day to just believe believe in yourself absolutely have faith in in your gift you have a gift if you were convicted enough to move to nashville there's a good damn reason for it absolutely um and you know the first deal is not always the best deal
0: nope and i'll tell you another thing when you're starting out if you uh if somebody asks me well how how good a songwriter is that person i'll say i have no idea yeah but if they write 500 songs they'll be better
1: yeah exactly right exactly yeah and the quicker
0: you can get to writing 500 whatever maybe 200 you when you do it you get better you know Mm -hmm. like you said you've been a writer how shit how many you've been a signed writer here for how old were you signed writer close when you did your first publishing deal
1: I was okay. Well, I wasn't. uh, I wasn't 18 because I had to go to court to get it approved, and I'm 27 now. Yeah. So if you're good at math, go for it. Yeah. It's a long (laughs) time.
0: Uh, We had a conversation the other day. We're talking about Taylor Swift, and uh, I was saying, well, you know, because we knew her from when she was young. I said, you know, she has been a Sony ATV staff writer, drawing a paycheck for 16 years.
1: Hmm. You know,
0: and that that's one of the reasons and she was really talented too but i mean yeah. there's a lot of this of just do it yeah you know just, just
1: do it just go go start go. keep yeah. going yeah at with the with the with a caution flag ready for when you're drained right like yes. we talked yeah. about when you get too, you get too <laughs> but, burned out but, but that but comes just later go. just in go. the beginning yeah that,
0: that comes later so i'm i'm really uh intrigued by what you're doing man Thank you. I have a very strong feeling that wherever you aim, you're going to go. I appreciate that. Well, I don't I believe, know where that is, but I believe that of every,
1: you, every I, human being, honestly. Yeah. I mean-
0: And it's true. There's a quote Amy has on our wall in the bathroom. It says, uh, I don't know who said it, but in the end, we hit what we aim at. hmm And yeah. I think it's true. I've seen it in my life. You know, not the first arrow, not the second no. arrow. Yeah. But in the end, we hit what we're aiming at. And if we're aiming low, we're going to hit something low. Right. So let's aim high.
1: Yeah. If you're aiming for something that makes you miserable at the end of the day. That's a whole other thing too. Good luck. <laughs> well. The but, mind is a powerful thing but the heart is more powerful. Yes. So empower. Yes. But well, you're going to go that.
0: kick some ass my friend. I'm damn sure of it. I appreciate that. So thank you for being on Pitch List today. And, Thanks for uh, having me man. Thanks oh, for letting hey, me talk. hey it's been a blast and I would love to have you back for Season 3, and we'll talk about which awards you won.
1: <laughs> I'll bring some back. now thank you for saying that. Okay. I appreciate that. Thanks.
0: I'd like to thank Hunter and his team for sharing their time with us. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Pitch List. To watch performances from this episode, head over to our Facebook page, Pitch List Podcast, or go to pitchlistpodcast.com. I'd also like to thank all of you listening for all of your emails, tweets, and messages. Please let us know what you like about the show or how we could make it better and any guests that you'd love to hear from. Thanks again, and if you want, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word. See you next time
1: on Pitch List.